Welcome to the 10-Minute Money Podcast. My name is John Dyer, and as always, I'm joined by Paul Erickson. Paul and I are independent financial advisors with Royal Oak Financial Advisors in Royal Oak, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about the market, dividends, inflation, and the debt ceiling. Ugh. How you doing, Paul? Good morning, John. I'm doing great. These are some tough topics. And we hey. have a special guest this morning. I am sure Angela is going to be really happy about this. Mr. Rob Mulcahy, the legend. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for having me. I just want to say hi to JJ and Ange. Uh, some of my favorite clients had a great lunch with them on Friday, and uh, they really appreciate the podcast and just wanted to say hi. Rob, real quick. Yeah. How long have you been in the business? 27 years. And what are some of the favorite stocks? out there that you have ever owned ever owned nvidia favorite it's a great company all-time favorite why, why, do, why do you like <clears throat> nvidia so much you know so my a lot of my clients know the story already i average uh, gas-powered car has 300 different computer chips in it and nvidia is one of the leading chip components uh, i bought a rivian uh, a while ago and it has over 3,000 chips in it and so I just really believe that semiconductors or computer chips are, are the wave of the future and the way for AI going forward. And NVIDIA is on, on the cusp of, of all that. Yeah. On a side note, yeah. I did test drive your car for about three days. I took delivery of that Rivian for you. And right. it was the greatest car I've ever driven in my life. Awesome. Uh, loved it. Loved it. I've got a second one I've ordered uh, that's coming in. I'm, I'm at the more the SUV, so I'm a big fan. The stock is crummy. I wouldn't buy Rivian stock at this point, but um, man, what a great, uh, great vehicle. Yeah. And then I was gonna say the second one, um, all-time favorite stock is Costco. My wife and I go to buy Halloween candy and end up with a sewing machine every time we go. <laughs> I thought you got a paddleboard last time you were uh, there. I did. I did. Yeah. Amongst uh, <laughs> other yeah. things. Did I you use I, it? Yeah. Is it out of the box? It's still in the box. <laughs> I figured. I bought. <laughs> I bought. Um, also, last time there, not what's it called? Not real chicken, but like the protein-based chicken, because someone I was given the samples of it. Yeah, I haven't seen. Still that. in the box. I get suckered every time. You will eat that protein chicken at some point. <sighs> it's not. Even yeah, real we chicken, need a review so. of the of that one. You got it. <laughs> I think that's a great segue because we are going to talk about dividend growth stocks. We are today. Yes. Love it. Well, I will back up, and I just want you guys to know I appreciate the podcast you do. I get a lot of really good compliments from clients on it. Uh, as much as I tease you guys about doing this podcast, it, I know it takes a lot of your time up, and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I can't believe you actually joined us. That's, yeah. I, think, I didn't and, think this day would ever come. And actually, I mean, it's been a few years now. I think this is number 50, technically. And actually, today is the 50th episode. Is our 50th episode. Yeah. So, Are you guys making that up? No, for no. real. It's the 50th it, episode. I just checked. Wow. It is. That's all. It's forty nine. Awesome. So okay. we've done fifty. Congratulations! This is I think. Number fifty. I think. Congrats! Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, <clears throat> that was cool. We haven't had that happen before. No, we haven't. It was good having Rob on here. Good to hear his thoughts on those stocks. Let's talk about. Let's go into the dividend payer stocks. What are your thoughts on? Dividend paying yeah. stocks. Yeah. So a lot of my clients and a lot of the listeners know that dividend growth is a passion of mine since 2008. 
I think back to when we went through the Great Recession. Housing was a disaster. Mortgages were a disaster. For sale signs everywhere in neighborhoods, businesses really struggling through 08 and 09. And when I watch the S&P go down 40% and dividend growth stocks still went down, but they only went down 19 or 20%, half of the volatility, that helped me become a believer in dividend growth. I also had a number of very intelligent clients. One was an engineer. One was a patent attorney who talked about how their dividends never changed during 2008, 2009. So their income such an important, powerful component of dividend stocks, their income never went down. I became a huge fan, and I think it's I think everybody needs to own businesses that can build wealth. And dividends to me are a sign of positive cash flow in businesses. Like Rob mentioned Costco. It's one of the only places I like to shop. I hate shopping at Kroger's and other <laughs> grocery stores. I like going into Costco. It's a wonderful business but they reward their shareholders with dividends and they grow those dividends every year. So when we're in an inflationary period like we are now, inflation's going, I mean, it's come down a little bit, but it was up to 8% last year. Now we're probably in the sixes. Companies that can grow those dividends, it helps people build wealth. So that's what I want to help our clients do is own high quality and I want to see them grow wealth. And especially if they reinvest dividends, I think we should put this chart, I'm looking at this chart from Charles Schwab about dividend reinvestment and the potential benefits of dividend paying stocks. I mean, this chart is incredible. Over 10 years, if you reinvested those dividends, what it's a 28% increase over people who are taking the dividend. So if you can reinvest for some period in your life, 10, 10 20 years, my goodness, that's a almost a 30% increase on what your portfolio can do. So I think we should throw this on the website. Yeah, we'll so throw it on the website. I think that's really powerful. And another chart that we we look at, uh, we, we've got another chart, and I don't know if this is on the website or not, but we've got uh, consecutive annual increases uh, for dividends, Target, 54 years. Yeah, you would never think a company like Target, 54 years in a row, that's older than you and I. They've been increasing dividends. Coca-Cola, 59 years. Yeah. And these are, I'm just throwing out some of the stocks here. Abbott Laboratories, 49 years in a row. It's We've remarkable. Kimberly-Clark, 50 years in a row. Yeah. And you think about what has happened in those 50 years. I mean, I think, you know, Vietnam was at the end of that. But you had issues with the Cold War and Russia in that time frame, you had a number of issues, you know, with different political events that have happened. You had 9-11, you've had Iraq, Afghanistan, you had all these terrible events, and these companies kept increasing their dividends. And I, I know other people have heard this term, but it sort of climbs that wall of worry. Even through tough times, these companies have found a way to pay dividends and grow their dividends. Yeah, the crash in... 2007, 2008, yeah. you had the stock market crash in 88. Yeah. All those time, all those really, oh, and then the pandemic. Right. They all raised their dividends through yeah. all of that, which I think is pretty powerful. It is pretty powerful. And that's the story of the dividend stock that we want to get across. And that's 
that's what drew me into the what you guys were doing here with the dividend stocks was was one looking at this chart and seeing all the the increases in div- in dividends chevron 49 years incredible i know and those dividends act like a snowball effect coming down a hill it's just a slow rolling snowball but over time it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because you're buying more shares with those dividends if you're reinvesting it it's such a powerful compounding effect so when when a company says they are going to pay a dividend by law they have to pay that dividend out that year so right. if they and they're paying it out of free cash flow so they exactly. paid all their their debt off they've paid their employees and then this is what's left over so it's profits in the company so that's that's another thing that tells us that this is a great company it's exactly and i even think about a lot of our clients i make them buy dte stock we're paying that company for electricity they have a great dividend and they grow their dividend every year why not own something you're using and have them pay you back right it's kind of a monopoly i mean there's no other utility in town that we can use here in michigan i know we've got clients in florida new york and chicago but here dte is really the only utility in town Yes, and that's another thing. Own stocks in companies that you use. It's old Warren Buffett. Love Warren Buffett. High quality dividend paying stocks, consistent returns, consistent income over time. Get that paycheck in retirement where the stock price is going up and then the dividends are going up as well. It hedges inflation. Right. Which is kind of the next topic I wanted to talk about was inflation. Yeah. What What's your... What's your impression of what's happening right now with inflation? I think things are leveling off right now. I think we are, I like to say we're seven innings through this inflation cycle that we're in. We're getting towards the end of it where we're going to start to see inflation go down. Now, inflation year over year has gone down. I think last year we were 7%. Year, seven eight percent year over year this year now we're at was it five or six percent yeah i think the last reading i saw was six but it, six was, tra- it was trending down to five it looked yeah, like to me yeah inflation starting to level off i agree with you on that i think there is a pause coming i'm hoping we see it next month i think that would help the stock market if jay powell used that word that we are pausing the rate increase right now i think we've seen enough job losses for him to start to believe that the rate rises that he's implemented have taken an effect on the economy. What it's it's such a hard thing because it's a tug of war. We just Kathy and I just went to New York this past weekend. All the restaurants are full. I mean, the streets are packed with shoppers. The airport was full. Both plane rides from Detroit to LaGuardia packed. Not a, not an empty seat on the plane. People are still spending. But I do believe the job losses will give Powell some firepower and some confidence to to get to a pause sometime this year. Yeah, many are calling. They're saying we're going to have a. It, this is more of a soft landing. Do you see recession in the future? Yeah, I do. I think they. I think we are in a recession in terms of the business cycle. And. I know I've said this before, I just want the government to say we're in a recession because I know 
six months, 12 months after that announcement, the market comes out just charging in, into a bull market. So I do think we see a recession this year. Yeah, I agree with you. We still have the debt ceiling uh, looming. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's such a political football right now. The U.S. cannot default. That just can't happen. Uh, they have to compromise. Okay, worst case scenario, it's happened before. What happens if, if that happens? We pass that debt ceiling. You know, I think what happens is I do think the market will go down 5 to 10% if, if they default. I think the Treasury keeps paying the bills, and it just becomes a, a political pointing of the fingers at each other, which is not going to help any side of that party, right? either party. It's going to hurt both of them. So last time this happened, 2009, economy was in much worse condition as it is today. We were right in the middle of the uh, market crash, and we passed the debt ceiling, and we saw a 7% drop in the market in one week, which I think something similar to that, like you said, 5 to 10% down in the market. But within three months, the market was back where it was at before we had passed that deadline. Okay. So the the deadline's coming up in June and you know I do think it's a possibility we we pass that and uh you know you do, you would see the market go down like you said. I, I think 5 to 10% is a good estimate. Could happen, but it'll bounce back by the end of the summer. You know, we may not get mail for a couple of weeks. Or, uh, you know, maybe once <laughs> right? a week or something. Yeah, yeah, right. And the national parks will be closed. National parks that would cause that might cause my camping trips uh, this summer to you know I might have to make some other plans. Well, you got to go for the state parks there. Yeah. So debt ceiling, uh, you know, it's looming. Where do you see the market heading heading for the, for the rest of the year here? I think best case scenario. We only have three to four percent more to go this year. Downturn. Uh, uh, up. Oh, up, up. Yeah. I think we've had most a lot of the gains. You know, the market's actually had a decent year this year, year to date. So I think we have a little more upside. If we do announce a recession this year, I think 24 is going to be a fantastic year for the market. I'm looking more forward to 24 at this point. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think it's it's going to be a bumpy ride still. I mean, you know, anything can happen. We've got, like we said, the debt ceiling. We've got inflation still looming. Yeah. If we get some bad inflation numbers, we're still not out of the woods there yet. And Jay we Powell still we have might to. have another rate increase this year. I hope not. But if he goes on a pause or if he pivots, twenty, it's going to set 24 up to be a great year. Yeah, and I do think a good likelihood that Jay Powell would cut rates in 24 at some point right yeah he he made a mistake by not starting to raise rates earlier yeah agreed and i think that's consensus now so i don't think he wants to make another mistake so i want to believe he will as soon as he starts to believe inflation inflation is turning and i think that's from looking at the jobs the jobs numbers that he's looking at i think he's gonna pause i agree We've been talking about the debt ceiling and inflation and dividends and stuff. I I have I, I want to um, get off topic for just one second, and uh, we got to have a little fun on this podcast. If 
you were stuck on an island for one year and had to pick one food, what would it be? It's got to be pizza. I mean, pizza. I can eat pizza. <laughs> that's a great call. I mean, what, what would you pick? I was thinking peanut butter. Peanut butter, that's another good one. I think I could do peanut butter for a year. I could do that. Yeah, I'd have to have lots of water, though, if I'm if I'm eating all that peanut butter. <laughs> you're, you're on a desert island. You'll find a spring somewhere. <laughs> Pizza's a great call. Yeah, pizza for me. I, I know it's not good for you, but if there's pizza in the house, it's getting eaten by me. <laughs> so, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, that's my one food that I can't, I can't live without. That's a great call. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate everyone listening out there. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Rob, for joining this week. And as always, this podcast is for educational purposes only. Thanks, John. Thanks. Thank you for joining John Dyer and Paul Erickson on this 10-Minute Money podcast. John and Paul are financial advisors with Royal Oak Financial Advisors in Michigan, a fee-only RIA who specialize in helping their clients better understand their investments. If you watch the pennies, the dollars will come.